Hey friends, Joe here, and if you like our Boss Better Now podcast, then you should also be getting my free Boss Better emails. Every other Monday, I'll send you a simple note with advice, encouragement, and resources to help you boss better. Just text the word Boss Hero to 66866 to get signed up. That's Boss Hero, all one word, to 66866. Or you can visit bossbetternow.com to subscribe. Now let's get to the podcast. Would it surprise you to learn that the staffing shortages facing so many employers right now were going to happen whether we had a pandemic or not? I'll tell you why the Great Resignation was coming well before COVID and what it means for the future of your team. Plus, a listener asks for help with an employee who regularly tells lies. It's all ahead now on Boss Better Now. You're listening to Boss Better Now. Please welcome speaker, author, and reluctant fanny pack wearer, (laughs) Joe Mall. Hello again, friends. Welcome back, and thank you for making time in your busy existence to join us here on the show. We are your home for advice, humor, and encouragement for bosses everywhere. Please welcome my wonderful co-host, who is always game to read whatever the crazy introduction is, professional coach, (laughs) Alyssa Mullet. Hello, my friend. So no, I ha- I I have to th- I don't know, maybe hope, believe that that your fanny pack wearing is is perhaps limited to like Disney. Oh uh, man. You know me. <laughs> because I, I'm hoping that it's like much more about the functionality that is required That's than exactly the it. form of, you know. And fashion of wearing, or not fashion of wearing. The idea of wearing a fanny pack at this point in my life is is galling. It's <laughs> I can't stomach the idea. Yeah. But there is so much functionality to it. I I am as we record this today, uh, just two about two days away from a trip to Florida, uh, where I have a keynote scheduled, and then I have to go back to Florida five days later for another conference. And so a couple of months ago, I said to Jess, "Hey." Let's mask up. Let's take the kids to Disney. We haven't been there in a long time. It's it's over President's Day weekend. They were already going to have a day off of school. It's sort of a perfect confluence of events. And so um, I, I don't want to carry a bunch of stuff. I don't want to wear a backpack, but like we need the water bottle and we need the poncho because it might rain and we need the extra mask. And we need the hand sanitizer. And I'm like, I ordered a fanny pack off of Target.com and I'm like, I am officially going full-blown dad mode. For this, <laughs> you got your white New Balances out. You're, hey now, <laughs> I resemble that, that remark. That, that one, that one hit close to home, <laughs> as in your feet. I mean, uh, they might it. be Under Armour, but uh, it's probably okay. not too far from the truth. <laughs> the same look, the same yes. look. Yes, that is the why essence. I'm a reluctant ferret fanny pack wearer. I have like the little sling bag. That's kind of a trendier thing to do, but yeah. that feels like. Much more cumbersome. Like, do I really want to have a whole kind of thing on my whole trunk? Yeah. That you know, on, on a you know a Disney day where it's going to be warmer. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I as soon as I was able to be free of the whole diaper bag esque mm-hmm. phase of life, then it became like, how much smaller yes. can I make whatever it is? That has to carry 
all of the things. Yes. And so that has been my goal. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I'm hoping I don't come back having a, a kind of a religious experience like I'm going to wear a fanny pack every day. Because there was so much functionality. I don't think that's going to happen. I feel like this is like a once every two years sort of deal. Okay, good. I'll, I'm going to I'm gonna keep you in check with that. I, <laughs> I, I feel like it should be not an everyday kind of thing. And by the time our friends are listening to this podcast, you might be able to go to my Instagram at JoeMall77 and see said fanny pack in a Disney picture. Ooh, lovely. That would be great. <laughs> Let's get one featuring that explicitly. Oh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> well, Boss Heroes, we're, we're going to talk today a little bit uh, more about some of the job changing, job switching, and staffing challenges that so many of you are facing. And um, full disclosure, I am in the middle the throes, if you will, and you know this, Alyssa, of writing my third book. And one of the things that I have learned about myself when it comes to writing is I need to write to uncover and discover. Um, I will... uh, I have a lot of colleagues and friends who, when they write a book and they sit down to do the work, they've put a tremendous amount of work into outlining the book and they write to that outline and they write for, you know, an hour a day and, you know, six, eight months later, poof, there's a book. And that's not how I work. I need to sit down and I'll have the the rough outline of the big ideas, but as I write and storytell and sort of peel back the layers of the onion, so to speak, on some of the ideas, I will end up wading into a, a question and I go, oh, what's that about? And I'll do some more research. And so this just happened to me last week. I had a really interesting discovery as part of this process. Um, so obviously right now, we know that there is a tremendous amount of quitting taking place. We've talked about the great resignation on our show. Uh, Let me ask you this question, Alyssa, and you just blurt out the first answer that comes to mind. When did the great resignation start? Uh, Like maybe six months ago. Okay. That's That's my like gut. So you're you're pretty close. Um, the the numbers that we're seeing that in terms of the the, the perception that people have, uh, kind of go back to April of 2021. That's when we started seeing um, higher yeah. monthly numbers around the people who are are uh, leaving jobs, and um, this, however, is um, not the case. So what I discovered in my research and in the book writing is that this idea of the Great Resignation actually started 12 years ago. This has been going on for more than a decade. And so let me let me take you through some of what I learned and what I think okay. the implications are for our boss heroes who are listening. What I found in I ended up going to this <laughs> you want to hear about exciting time in the world of Joe Mull. I found myself spending hours on the Bureau of Labor Statistics website because they have some really great tools on there for creating charts and graphs and pulling data. And they do a a monthly um, job opening and labor turnover survey. Uh, And so I ended up pulling all this data, uh, right? (laughs) At one point, I was so enamored with this tool that they had for creating your own charts that this little pop-up came up on the screen like, can we have feedback on our website? And I was like, no, I'm busy, but this is amazing. (laughs) Um, Anyway... Here's what's really interesting that I discovered. In 2010, uh, we had 27.1 million voluntary quits in the U.S. workforce, okay? Uh, This is not firings or layoffs. This is people who self-selected out of a job. And the next year, there were 2 million more. And the next year, there were 2 million more. And the next year, there were 2 million more. And when you look at the graph, there has been this steady, progressive upward trajectory every single year since 2010. 
If you go back and start Googling uh, like resignation and voluntary quits, you will see a lot of reporting in 2018 and in 2019 that we were hitting all-time highs and records. Here's what I learned. We were going to be right about where we are now in 2022, whether there was a pandemic or not. We are a little bit ahead of what the trajectory had been for some reasons that I'll talk about in just a second. But we had 47.1 million people voluntarily quit their job in 2021. So we went from 27, sorry, 23.1 million to 47. Point, excuse me, 47.4 million in 2021. So it has more than doubled in a 12-year period. And when you look at the data and and look both anecdotally and uh, quantitatively, what you find out is that people are still leaving for predominantly the same reasons. And they're not just quitting jobs, they're switching jobs, they're upgrading, they're looking for a better work situation for themselves. And so the, the first kind of big implication for this is, you know, we still have so many people who are waiting for when things, you know, calm down or get back to normal or who feel like these staffing challenges that they have right now are temporary. And I think what we have to acknowledge and what the data tells us clearly is that this is not a blip. This is a long-term trend that is going to continue for the foreseeable future. Um, mm. I think that has some pretty shocking and and interesting implications for how we have to act going forward. But let me, I saw you making a note, and I, I've been talking for a while, so let me give you a chance to react to this idea that all of this job switching and quitting that, that people are so caught up in right now and the staffing shortages that are a result of it um, have actually been a work in progress for more than a decade. How does that land with you? It's, I, I mean, I'm shocked by that. Honestly, I I was not uh, aware <laughs> this has been going on for so long. Um, what I, what most intrigues me um, is to get curious about if that data um, ha- is tied to age brackets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, is it generationally? Because for what I think of is as um, – you know, just in my own personal experience, right? Um, in my professional career, as I um, got clear about who I truly was as a human, yeah. right? And want how being a professional and being a leader fit into that, that's whenever very strategic choices started yeah. to actually be made for myself professionally. And that concept that we've talked about of, of upgrading of, um, you know, this kind of quest uh, for the myth of balance, work-life balance, right? Yeah. I, I wonder if that's not what this could be um, about for so Absolutely. many of us, you know, that, that it's truly that kind of lifelong, commitment to our own personal growth that is absolutely affecting our professional landing page. Yes, yes. So we have seen uh, within the folks who have been quitting, yes, there are folks who are opting out of the workforce earlier than they planned. So we know that some boomers are retiring a little bit earlier than they planned. So we've lost some extra working years from those folks. And forgive me for not having that exact number in front of me. Um, It is happening. It's not the majority. 
the overwhelming majority we know is that people are uh, switching. They're, they're kind of doing this upgrading that we've been talking about. Uh, and it's for the reasons that you just pointed to. They are tired. And people have been tired for years, right? They are, uh, they're tired of having to work so very hard all of the time at jobs that are so very hard all of the time. People have looked at their lives and they've said, I'm, I'm tired of constantly being tired. And, you know, we talked about this in a recent up, in a recent episode. Some people were upgrading for pay, but others are upgrading for quality of life around time and schedule and commute. And, uh, and, and these are the things that people are moving away from. They're, they're tired of long hours, you know, and, and missing important moments in their kids' lives, or they're ti- tired of working in a tiny cubicle. And then the pandemic came along and showed them about what it's like to work from the comforts of home, and that changed everything. And now, fast forward two years later, and companies are saying, okay, but you have, now you have to come back to the office. And people are going, no way. I'm not going back yeah. to that life. I'm not going back to an hour commute either way and eating crappy food and, you know, breathing yeah. in the infected air of the 60 other people in our cubicle farm. No way, especially when I can go get you know, a new job, better job, get an upgrade in pay, get an upgrade in schedule that allows me to continue working from home if that's what I want. Uh, and so that kind of um, reevaluation of what I'm looking for is a part of this. But the larger point is that that reckoning has been taking place now for more than a decade. We yeah. see that upgrading, and and I think it's a really interesting conversation to say this was going to happen whether the pandemic happened or not. Now, I, I also have a theory as to why the pandemic did accelerate it a little bit, but I'm not going to launch into that just yet until I give you a chance to react because I don't want to like you know dominate our whole conversation on this. No, I I I would appreciate what the um. So now that I understand the history and I'm we're obviously living in the present, what I would then be interested in understanding is if you have some kind of um, crystal ball to be able <laughs> to share with our listeners um, or what the data at least is indicating mm-hmm. uh, might be in the cards for us, even if it's in the next year, because yeah. – Gosh, you know, in a time whenever there's so much change and nothing feels certain, it would be lovely just to be able to go, okay, this might be, you know, looking a little different based upon the history now that I understand or Mm -hmm. have been exposed to um, what the future might look like. Yeah. Uh, The future is the present. I don't imagine that we're going to see a lot of drastic changes to what people are looking for. Uh, And it's for a couple of reasons. First is, um, just from a numbers perspective, we started out talking about numbers. What we do know is that, yes, quitting is up, but it's really job switching. But you know what else is up? Hiring. Would it shock you to know that there were more than 70 million hires in 2021? 47.4 million quits, but more than 70 million hires. Across almost every industry, there was still more hiring than quitting. And so this is the proof that people are upgrading, not just anecdotally and what we hear people talking about in stories, but it's in there in the data too. And that's expected to continue. We will continue adding jobs in the economy. That is expected. And at the same time that we're adding jobs – We know that more people are leaving the workforce. We have still boomers retiring every year. And we also know we have fewer people entering the workforce. There are fewer newbies coming into the workforce because the generations coming behind us are smaller. And so there's this widening gap between the number of jobs and the number of workers. And so the staffing challenges that we're facing now are only going to be exacerbated by an even more competitive jobs marketplace going forward. And so that's 
sort of case one mm-hmm. for why we need to get really good at employee experience. We we want to be the destination because when people are leaving, the, the places that people are departing uh, are going to be the places that have all of these challenges and, and for whom they are going to continue to struggle. But let's talk about the pandemic for a second because I think there's another element here. Uh, I think that the switching now in the aftermath of the coronavirus epidemic mm-hmm. has been for slightly different reasons. I think COVID made us braver. Mm. And what I mean about by that is that pre-pandemic, job changes felt like major life decisions, right? Changing employers meant taking a risk, and I would really deliberate and think about that and try to be really strategic and thoughtful about it. Well, then COVID landed on us and injected so much uncertainty and instability into the workforce, and then that job insecurity persisted for years, and we learned yeah. to live with it. And so everybody's risk tolerance around their jobs has been obliterated, right? It's been lowered. And so these don't feel like big life decisions anymore, right? And there's a lot of things yeah. that don't feel like big life decisions anymore. We're buying cars on our smartphones now, right? That <laughs> used to be a thing that was way complicated and deliberate. And now people are like, ah, I'm going to pause this Netflix show and buy my car, which is going to be delivered to my front door. Yep. So I think... COVID for some made us braver. And when you add in this incredible exhaustion and burnout, people have less risk, you know, they're braver and they're exhausted. They're like, yeah, I'm out. I'm done. I'm going to change jobs. I'm going to do something else. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to change jobs again. Yeah. That's such a, while it's like scary, you know, the, the whole concept still of all of this change, I think that's a really beautiful way to look at it and uh, maybe a really healthy perspective that we can garner for ourselves is the amount of courage and bravery that it has mm-hmm. taken is not just this, you know, continuing to show up, but it has launched us into a new stratosphere of risk tolerance for our professional careers and going after what we really want and what we believe about ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. there is this whole uh, environment that we could have never dreamed for ourselves Right. that now might be part of your everyday living. Yep. So that's a really beautiful, hopeful thing. Yeah. And and we talked before about the, the be the upgrade and that it is a tremendous opportunity to snag better talent. But it means that we have to be willing to reinvent the work experience because those groups that are dismissing those companies or organizations or leaders who are dismissing whole new reimaginings of what jobs can look like are going to be the ones who are left behind. And, you know, there's a lot of writing taking place right now about a four-day work week. There's a lot of writing taking place right now about massive upgrades in pay. There's a lot of writing taking place right now uh, about aligning jobs more with talent and the gig economy and assembling opportunities for people to freelance. And, you know, all of these things are part of this conversation because, you know, I some people have gotten braver, but for some, braver isn't the right word. For some, the pandemic made them desperate. You know, they mm. they looked around and they said, "I have not been living the life I want to live." You know, the, the the pandemic forced them out of a certain kind of work routine or situation, and maybe their hours changed, or their work location changed, or just their 
perception of their own mortality changed and they're going, you know what? I have a completely different set of priorities right now. And the proof of the point is sitting in front of me. You had this experience years ago as part, I mean, since 2010, you are the great resignation. You are the upgrade. You are the reckoning. You looked around and said the existence I was having, the expectations I had for how I was supposed to fill this job and be a careerist are driving me to an unhealthy existence that I don't want to live, right? And you you got desperate. You got braver. You got desperate well before we ever heard of COVID. Oh, absolutely. That is true in terms of if you – if I truly start to think about it in that context, um, this – I knew that there was – I mean, my body told me, obviously, right, right. <laughs> that um, this was not sustainable. The way that I was functioning as a as a leader was not sustainable mm-hmm. long term. I mean, when you're in the hospital before you're 30, that's not a good sign. Yeah. Um, and so the quest to find out what is um braver, what is in Mm -hmm. that space, right, Um, can look a lot different for a lot of people. Um, And certainly, I think desperation and fear and unknowing and anxiety and all of it goes with it. It's all part of the process. Um, I'm so grateful that I was able to articulate my own value structure um, that's been essential to me and how I chose to navigate what the next path looked like for me. Right. And for so many, so that was a a particularly challenging health event that triggered that examination for you. And I think Mm -hmm. what we have to recognize is that the pandemic is what triggered that for a lot of other people. And uh, those kinds of reflections were taking place across a significant portion of the workforce for the last 12 years. We just ramped it up now in the last 20 months. And so this has created a foreseeable future where how work fits into our lives is undergoing a massive shift. And it's kind of happening now at warp speed. Your talent pool, if you're listening and you lead an organization, your talent pool is smaller than ever. They're also going to be more discerning than ever. They simply will not stand for a less than ideal employee experience. And at the same time, your competitors in your industry are doing what they can to engineer a better employee experience to steal your best workers, while companies in other industries are are less afraid than ever before of drawing talent from new and different places. And so at the core of all this is creating a more humane employee experience that fits people's lives and not expecting people to go 110 miles an hour every single day from sunup till sundown and where work bleeds into every corner of their lives. And so I don't know if people will perceive this as good news. I think it is a tremendous opportunity. I think in the long run, it's going to make us a healthier society. But I think some organizations are going to really, really struggle to let go of some entrenched beliefs about what jobs look like, what work schedules look like, what pay scales look like, uh, and not to mention deconstructing all the crappy beliefs that we have about work ethic that are really flawed and uh, Mm -hmm. discriminatory in a lot of different ways. You know, it's it's cliche, but like that after school special, the more you know, like <laughs> knowledge is knowledge is power in in this particular case. Once again, in in that, you know, 
the status quo is here to stay. This yes. is the change. This is this is it. And so thank you so much for bringing this to us. Um, I do feel empowered now that I kind of understand a little bit of the where this comes from and then yeah. hey this was this was inevitable so and I you're a trendsetter brave <laughs> you're like brave. i was ahead of the trends look at me i saw this coming and i was living it before y'all were living it <sighs> Ugh. i don't like to be a trendsetter really this is not very nice all the time no <laughs> Well, uh, listeners, I'd love to hear from you about this. Um, I've I've heard from a lot of you about this who have said in response to some of the other conversations that we've had, I switched jobs for the first time in 20 years and I never would have thought about it, Uh, you know, but the the circumstances of my life have changed in the past few years and it's tied to the pandemic, but it's also tied to this longer, slow burn around employee experience and work-life balance and many of the things that we just talked about. And so you can submit your feedback, your story, your questions at bossbetternow at gmail.com. You can email us at bossbetternow at gmail.com. What's changed for you? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, What are you struggling with around this? Keep uh, contributing to our conversation so we can keep contributing to the conversation. And we arrive once again, my friend, to the camaraderie question of the week, which we plant squarely in the middle of our show here every week. We know that bosses build camaraderie on teams by making it easier for people to find things in common with each other. That's why every week here on Boss Better Now with Joe Mull, that's me, we give you a question that you can use at meetings to facilitate connection and build camaraderie. Our question this week, Alyssa, is this. When was the last time you did something spontaneous and what was it? Joe, prepare yourself. You Uh-oh. might you might poo your pants. <laughs> oh, I know I almost did. That's a setup. Um so it was actually just last week. Um our family uh lost our family dog, pet. Uh she to old age. Uh she was 13 2 years ago. Portia passed okay. away. And ever since that time, you know, we've just been waffling back and forth, back and forth, whether or not we wanted another dog to our family. And um, so last week on a Tuesday, oh boy, my husband was showing me all these pictures of these dogs that he I know where this know, is going. He loves <laughs> and you know, blah blah blah. And I showed him this one picture of these dogs that were at um, the shelter that we got our our prior dog Portia from and he's like oh gosh they're so sweet you know blah 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 blah, because they were two of them and they're bonded so boy um okay we we didn't say (laughs) we didn't say anything else about it and I woke up Wednesday morning and I couldn't stop thinking about those dogs Uh oh and I Felt in my body this like level of buzzing, and I thought maybe I drank my coffee too quickly. (laughs) (laughs) But it stayed with me, and I realized it. No, that's like what's called excitement. You just haven't felt it. (laughs) So I arranged to meet the dogs. Um, I filled out an application, and um. I was scheduled the following day, Thursday, to go and meet the dogs. I did not say anything to my husband or my child oh, about boy. it. Um, 
Thursday morning arrives, my husband has to take my vehicle to go get inspected. So I have to, unknown to him, take his vehicle, a Mercedes, <laughs> to my CRV, <laughs> to the to the shelter. But I'm just looking at the dogs, right? You know, I'm uh-huh. just meeting them. Did you yeah. put anything in the vehicle in anticipation of bringing them home? I did. I put. You weren't just going to meet the dogs. I wasn't going to meet the dogs. <laughs> you dirty liar! You knew. <laughs> I I knew in my heart of hearts that if there was a way that I could get those dogs home that day, I wanted to bring them home. So, so I, a few I minutes did. ago, I thought I heard barking, and I just I was going like, to ask outside. if you heard that <laughs> because this is the first time we're doing the podcast mm-hmm. and. The, you know, this will be the longer term that I'm in my office and they can hear my voice, but they can't, oh, wow. can't hear anything else. So I think they were out there playing. Uh, we'll, we'll cross our fingers that that's what it was. So <laughs> you got right two new dogs. How old are they and what are their breeds? So they are labs. They are yellow oh. labs slash golden retrievers yeah. mix. And um, they are adults. I I do not know their ages. I think they are a good bit older than what the shelter thought that they might be. Okay. Um, just based upon some of their mannerisms. But um, Sadie and <laughs> I, I just love them. Sadie and Zoe um, are a part of our family. And when my husband got home on Thursday afternoon and walked through the door and I said, Daddy's home. <laughs> His mouth formed the perfect O, and he's like, are they ours? And I said, they are. And it was just the most joyous thing. And I said, this is either the craziest thing I have ever done or the best thing. And so far, knock on some wood here, it has been the absolute best thing I have ever done. Well, first of all, bless you and your family for adopting shelter dogs. Almost every dog I've ever adopted has been a rescue, and it is so wonderful to hear. And your stock just shot way up in the in the hearts of some of our <laughs> listeners because I know that that's a, a real shared value by a, a number of folks. Um, and how exciting to do that for your family. How incredibly karmic that this was the question today. I know. Whenever I saw it, I was like, what is that? The timing, the timing, because otherwise I was going to like say before we started the podcast, hey, you know, this is the I got these dogs and I don't know how they're going to act and blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, no, I'm just going to wait till the question comes so you can react in real time. (laughs) I was as the story was going on, I was getting all excited. And yeah, that's so cool. I can't wait to meet the pups. Oh, and Goldens. Oh, they're such great family dogs. Yes, my husband had them growing up. Yeah. And th- so this is just Oh, he but he just melted then when he walked through the door. Oh, he, he d- absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So <laughs> All right, so now you spontaneous. <laughs> my story is not as good as yours at all, but wow. it is something that was recent, right? Cuz that's the question. When was the last time you did something spontaneous yeah. and what was it? So it was about a week or a week and a half ago, uh, my mother-in-law, who actually lives next door to us now, um, said, hey, why don't I take the kids for a sleepover? This was on a Saturday night. So after dinner, the kids went over to watch a movie and have popcorn with Nana and to sack out at her place. And so Jess and I kind of had this unexpected 
open evening. Now, we are homebodies big time. We are like, oh, it's like so much to go to a movie. It's like down the road <laughs> and there are people and, you know, we'll we'll just be like, let's just like stay in. And But uh-huh. we both kind of were like, we should go somewhere. We should just do something because we don't get the chance to really get out just the two of us very often. And so, long story short, <laughs> what did the two crazy kids do with their night of freedom? We went to Barnes & Noble. <laughs> I said, we had some gift cards from Christmas, and I, I was looking to pick up a particular kind of book. And I'm like, why don't we go down to Barnes & Noble and just walk around for an hour? Because usually if we go there, we'll take the kids, and we're, it's all about what they want to look at and stuff like that. You don't get to just slow down and browse. You know, yeah, you're on somebody else's agenda always, right? And that's what we yeah, did, and awesome. we were at Barnes and Noble for an hour, and then <laughs> we got in the car because we knew we were both going to just go home and like we were excited to read, start reading something that we had grabbed, and so <laughs> we get out of the parking lot, and Jess points and goes, "Pull in over there," and it was the Wines and Spirits store, and so we pull in nice. to the adult beverages a woman store after my own heart. <laughs> yep, and we each grabbed a little adult beverage, and so we ended up back home. And at like 9.30, we're each sitting in our comfortable chair with an adult beverage in our hand, reading our new books in complete silence. Fan-freaking-tastic. Like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> My husband says, there will never be silence in our home again. I have to tend to agree based upon what I hear. <laughs> well, here's what I'm going to tell you. You, you. you actually made a smart move with the older uh, labs for two reasons. The first, obviously, that they're older. Puppies require a lot more exercise and maintenance. And so you've you've saved yourself uh, in, yes. in one way. Uh, and the other is that, you know, labs just are, they tend to be pretty chill the order that they get, you know? And so that's going to help you too. I have a one and a half year old Dalmatian. I have no chill, no silence, total manic, clingy, high strungedness. That's our doggy <laughs> existence right now. <laughs> yes, they they do become little bed potatoes. Like they have their they they share a dog bed. I mean they they share everything. It's really very sweet and so loving. It's it's just it melts your send me a picture. I want to see them. My cold my cold dead heart is all like all warmed up. <laughs> We're thawing you out. Well well done. I love it. And that's the camaraderie question of the week. All right, Boss Heroes, I want to give you a quick heads up that very soon we are going to be announcing the date of our next Boss Better Virtual Summit. This is a one-day virtual conference that we do twice a year that's designed to inspire leaders to be better bosses. We pack it with energy and games and and inspiring speakers. Uh, And so this is an event that is a can't-miss way to kind of recharge your boss batteries and, and, and for every leader on your team. So if you want to be one of the first to hear the announcement of the date and you want to get access to discounted tickets as part of our announcement presale, you have to be a subscriber to my Boss Better email newsletter. Uh, and so you heard this at the top of the show. I'm just going to say it one more time. You can text the word Boss Hero to 66866 to get signed up. It's all one word. Boss Hero 66866 is where you text that word to. Uh, and if that doesn't work for you, if you're listening internationally, it won't work for you. You can just go to BossBetterNow.com and sign up for the Boss Better emails, and you will get all of the Boss Better Virtual Summit goodness delivered to your inbox. You've been a part of those events, Alyssa. You know how fun yeah, they are. Yeah, they are great. They are truly awesome. Yeah. And I'm super excited about the one that we are planning for. Okay, I'll tell you it's going to be in June. 
I can't mm. tell you the date yet because we haven't totally <laughs> locked it down, although it's like 90% locked. And oh, man, it's going to be so good. All right. Uh, we come now to mail time. This week, Alyssa, I have an email from Patty. Patty says the following. I need help coaching a coworker who was caught in multiple lies. This impacts her attendance and the stories she creates, and well, no one believes her at this point. Do you have any advice for politely coaching her and letting her know that the stories and excuses for her absenteeism don't make sense? Hmm. Where do you want to start for Patty? Well, so Patty, I can totally understand where you're coming from in terms of like there's this whole thing of this you know, dishonesty that she's creating for herself. And that can feel really icky, uh, especially if it's someone that you want to have trust in, right? Um, and that you work with routinely. That's kind of like a fundamental thing uh, is to be able to have and give that trust um, in a free way. When I think about having a conversation with someone about this, it's limiting it, number one, to how you experience it. Because the the blanket statement of no one else, you know, believes mm. them is, you know, can feel really hurtful when said out loud to someone else, right? So I would focus, number one, on what you experience when she says these things. I would get, you know, try to generate your own curiosity mm -hmm. so that it comes off and it, the in, with the intent of trying to help her understand what it does to your trust in her when she says these things. And I would get curious, too, about is there something in her maybe past work experience that is making her believe that she needs to mm -hmm. have some level of excuse or tactic thing because she can't be late without a valid excuse? Yeah. Maybe that's not like what she needs to be doing in your workplace. And so you can help her understand that, you know, you don't need to have an excuse. I mean, maybe if you just are honest with yourself about why you feel the need to, you know, have something to say about might be why you're tardy or that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, so first blush reactions are Generate your own curiosity um, and your own intention around the fact of how you experience it and you wanting to have a level of trust with with your coworker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, center of the bullseye in terms of where I was going to go first as well, uh, asking the question of, hey, what's that about? And getting curious mm -hmm. about that. Why does this person feel the need to lie? And sometimes that's born out of, just like you said, Alyssa, maybe they got burned elsewhere in a bad work experience. And so they've been conditioned in one way or another to have to concoct stories uh, that aren't true. Um, maybe, maybe they are somebody who just 
doesn't care and they're not invested. Or, you know, some people compulsively lie, which is tied to deeper mental health concerns. Uh, and so we get yeah. curious about some of that. Um, we're not necessarily going to be able to navigate this. And if it is an issue of trust uh, and safety, that can be fixed. And you may end up, you know, engineering an environment that this person turns into a rock star because you are able to, to create trust and, and make it safe for her to tell you the truth. And so... I think a part of that initial conversation is just calling it exactly as you see it in as compassionate a way as possible, where you sit down and you say, hey, listen, you know, you told me that this was the reason you were late. We both know that's not true. Boy, but you better be certain. You better absolutely be certain. Yeah. Um, and you say, we both know that's not true. What's really going on? And and be explicit with your compassion and say, I care about you. You do a lot of, of wonderful things here, but this is starting to create a concern. It's creating a trust issue, and it's, it's undermining your trust with other people on the team because they they're questioning this. When when you know when you tell us that you called off sick, but then on your fa on your Instagram you had a picture of going to the movies that night, like that that erodes trust. And so, what's really going on? I care about you. Help me understand what is mm -hmm. happening here. Uh, I think that's a first level conversation. I think if the behavior persists. You can have a more direct conversation, right? This is sort of the shape of a lot of these conversations that we have uh, around feedback and behavior change and that we've talked about here on the podcast, where if the behavior is doing harm and you've given her every opportunity to change and she hasn't, then you may have to have a more kind of now or never conversation where you say, listen, I would hate for this to be the thing that that pushes you out of our uh, employment, you know, separates you from us, but that's the path we're on because this is not okay. Uh, and, and you identify the pattern. You don't get into a debate about the circumstances about well, you lied on this date and then you lied on this date. And, and then you sort of end up splitting hairs of, well, no, I told, I said I was going to be late. Not that I was calling off. It, it, you focus on the pattern more so than the circumstances. Uh, and you, you lay out exactly what's expected and what needs to happen next. But as you can see, there's a shape to that. There's a kind of arc to it that starts with curiosity and compassion and trying to, to really foundationally get some psychological safety for that person before you get into more corrective action conversations. Yep. Well, Patty, I hope that's helpful for you. We'd love to hear how it goes. And so we'd, we'd invite you to circle back to us. Um, and I think kind of a, a last point, it can be very easy to gossip about this with other members of the team. You know, as the leader, when somebody says, hey, so-and-so called off, but I know she was this. And as soon as you go, oh, I know this is such a problem, then you have kind of invited them into the secret conversations of your frustrations with this person. And that, that just does harm harm too. And so if if somebody decides to rat out this employee and and contributes to the knowledge that you now have that she's lying, just say thank you for letting me know and leave it at that mm -hmm. and have your frustrations or your conversations with this person be exclusively with this person. Agreed. Well, all right, friends, that's our show this week. If you liked it, we'll ask you to please share it. We love it when you do that. Uh, share it on your social media. Tell people to check out our show. Uh, encourage them th to visit us so we can encourage you. Thanks for listening, and thanks for all that you do as Boss Heroes to take care of so many. We'll see you next time. This show is sponsored by Joe Mall and Associates. Remember, commitment comes from better bosses. Visit joemall.com today.